Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Thank you all for your patience going through all of that, but we all know it's important. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning with verse 1 again, where we shared this last week. It says, I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am humble when face to face with you, but bold toward you when I am away. I beg of you that I am present, or when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on something against someone who suspects us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments than every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your, when your obedience is complete. Just like we just talked about natural safety, uh, preparedness, having a plan, knowing what to do, we are, what we're doing is we're setting up procedures on how to combat some kind of trouble or aggression or, or um, you know, emergency or whatever. The same thing should be going on in the spirit world, in the spiritual side of our lives. We should have a contingency to deal with problems, situations, emergencies, because they're there. There's all kinds of things that are trying to keep you from having a safe, prosperous, blessed life. And last week we talked about uh, just the attacks on us as believers. Satan is trying to kill us. Satan is trying to destroy us. Satan is trying to tear apart our marriages, tear apart our families. He's trying to, to kill kids in the schools. He's trying to... The, anything that looks like Christ... Anything that looks or sounds like God, He's trying to destroy. And he's not, He doesn't discriminate. He doesn't go, oh well, you know, you're, 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 I'll, I'll just pick on these people. No, Satan is trying to kill anything that looks like God. And so we need to have a contingency. Because we have a physical contingency for these kinds of things. Because... This kind of an attack, you know, the stuff we see on television that, that we won't see here, those are physical attacks. They obviously have a spiritual background. There, are, there is something spiritually leading that person. That, that young man, you know, physically harmed himself at that school. But, or not at school, but you know, he made that. But there's something spiritual behind that attack that was driving him towards that. There's always that spiritual thing. We can't always uh, stop or, or, or intervene with those acts before they happen in the physical. Sometimes they just happen. You can't help it. They just do happen. But in the, in the spiritual, we can be fighting against the things that are happening in the background all the time. Spiritual warfare. I hadn't even really thought about it. Somebody said, oh, what did you preach on last week? Because they weren't here. I don't know why they weren't here. You should think they'd want to be here. But, no, I'm just kidding. But, 
They said, we heard you that you're talking about spiritual warfare. Oh yeah, that is what we talked about. I guess you could say that was spiritual warfare. Now I'm not talking about the ooey-wooey spiritual warfare of the 70s. If you were in churches back in the 70s, Christians got into this really interesting wooey woo, you know, you know, I don't know. I, I, I came into Christianity, you know, this kind of Christianity in the 80s, and it was still there, and it was like, wow, you people are interesting, all right? But what I'm talking about is real spiritual warfare. Using, using uh, the techniques, using the, 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 uh, the weapons of our warfare, as that scripture says, that really can deal with that spiritual aspect. Because usually that spiritual aspect is not a full front-on attack. Usually it comes in, in the last place we think it would, in our mind. <clears throat> so we're in a war. We have an enemy who wants to destroy us. Much of the defense and the attack that I hear in from Christianity is this would be a great place if this political party was in place and if that political party was removed or if if ISIS if we could just stop ISIS or if we could just stop Al-Qaeda or if we could just stop this group or that group the Freemasons the this and there's always this tendency especially from Christians to want to put a face on it that this is the face of evil the real face of evil are every lofty idea, thought, that tries to raise itself against the knowledge of Christ. The only reason that ISIS does what it does is because it comes from a spiritual background of death. Because it comes from, a, from a, an ideological and a theological belief that here's how you deal with the things around us, the things that they consider enemies. And they, they, they act it out by physically harming somebody. And, and other groups that are, that are doing the things that we do, and maybe we don't like it. I don't like people that are, that are passing legislation to kill babies. I hate that. It's, it's sin. It's, it's, it is, it's death. It's, it's exactly what Satan comes to do, is to kill, steal, and destroy. That is wrong. I, 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 am, I, I am very against people who are promoting lifestyles that are anti-biblical. That you can somehow live your life any way you want. With anyone you want in particular because you just, you know, you're, you just choose to do that or you're predisposed. I don't, I'm not going to get into those arguments because those, the arguments are the lofty things that raise themselves up against the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of God. God's Word sets out a clear template of who God is, how He thinks, and His plan for our life. Anything that anyone does against that is anti-Christ. And so, it isn't how it comes out in the natural. It isn't how somebody does something in the natural, it really goes all the way back to what they believe about who Jesus is, who God is, and how He wants to affect and, and us, us to live our life. And that all comes from rebellion. It's rebellion. Bottom line, it's rebellion. 
any time, any time we are confronted with the truth, what truth is, and we choose not to accept it, it's not my opinion. It's not the way we've always done it. It's rebellion. Killing babies is rebellion. Living in an alternative lifestyle other than one man, one woman, in a marriage, in a family, is rebellion. Rebellion is rebellion. It doesn't matter. You can put any face on it you want if you are rebelling against what God wants. Now, those are the biggies. Those are the ones we all could stand up and cheer about. You didn't this morning, I know. It's been one of those services. You you haven't got you whipped into a frenzy yet this morning. But let's make it more close to home. You wake up in the morning and your wife asks you, did you do the list I had you do uh, that I gave you two days ago? No. <laughs> There's just this wave of, of recognition going across. The, ooh. How you react in that situation If you don't react, and I'm just going to make it just simple, clear, right to the point. If you don't act, react in love, it's rebellion. Now, let's get it out in the open. How many of you this week were rebellious? No, don't, just get down, down, I'm just kidding. We have this this nature that wants to say, I want to do it my way. I want to have my way. I want to do it the way I want. And if you if if there is a better if, if there's the different way that is a godly way to do it. But yeah, wait a second, I'm I'm gonna lose out on that. I'm gonna lose the argument if I play it that way. That's rebellion. You don't have to kill babies to be rebellious. Teenagers, you don't have to to be something horrific. Just being rebellious and not being obedient to your parents is the exact same thing. Sin is sin. Being rebellious to your to your wife or to your husband, being rebellious to your boss, being rebellious at any level. I don't care what it is. In America. In America, our whole country was based on rebellion. They rebelled. Now, we could justify it. Well, yes, but. Oh, hitting too close to home now. Rebellion. Rebellion is as the Sin of witchcraft. Thank you. Jesus, at the time He was on the earth, had the Roman Empire occupying the Promised Land. The Roman Empire, as its leader, had a man who claimed to be God and expected everyone in his realm to treat him as God. 
How many sermons did Jesus preach against Caesar? None. How many sermons did Jesus preach against the Roman soldiers who were abusing their privilege, their, 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 place, their, their place of authority? How many sermons did He preach against the Roman soldiers? None. How many sermons did He preach against the tax collectors? who were ripping off the people? None. How many sermons did He preach on walking in love? Honoring people above yourself. Submitting to those that are in authority. Doing what your leaders tell you to do. That's what it was all about. And then Paul and the other writers in the New Testament picked it up And they said the same thing. God's purpose is not to change the world externally. His purpose, the warfare, the the battlefield is not in Congress. The, The battlefield is not in Syria. The battlefield is not... Why... Why do we struggle? Because I've been struggling. I shared this a few weeks ago. We have all these Syrian refugees flowing into Europe. I struggle because I look at that and go, that is wrong. I'll just say it publicly. This is my opinion. This is not a, thus saith the Lord. This is not coming from Scripture. To me personally, it's wrong for anybody to break laws to do what they want to do. It's wrong. And at the same time, I am 100% in, in favor of helping those same refugees survive. Feeding them, clothing them, putting a roof over their heads so that the babies aren't sleeping outside tonight. Why do we have that? that why is, because I've been, I've been struggling with that for weeks now. It's because our weapon is not against their, their, uh, real, uh, their religious or their their uh, ideological beliefs, the, 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 the war is about love. You can love an individual without agreeing with them. You can forgive someone who has done something horribly grievous to you, but not condoning their sin. That grievance. The only way that happens is with the kingdom of God. The only way that happens is with the truth of the gospel. The truth and the power of the gospel, which is Jesus Christ crucified. Jesus died on the cross for every single human being that ever lived and ever will live. He died. He didn't go to the cross with a list of exceptions. I... I will lay down my life except for Hitler. I will lay down my life, I will shed my blood except for the abortionists. I fill in the blank. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. 
You don't solve your marital problems by being right. How many of you know? I don't even need to say it. How many of you know you can be absolutely right and absolutely wrong at the exact same time? Because you can have the right data. You can have the right proof. You can have all of your facts in order. Kids, you could absolutely on paper prove that your parents are being unfair. Because parents are fallible. They make mistakes. They don't do things right all the time, except for Deb and I. Other than that, the rest of you are all fallible. And you you could be absolutely right. That's unfair. But because of your attitude, the way how you react to them, you're wrong. When Jesus was 12 years old, He was in the temple. He was doing, going about His Father's business. He was arguing. He was discussing with the leaders. And the leaders were absolutely amazed at His wisdom. Absolutely amazed at where did this kid come from? Who is he? He's saying things. He's asking the right questions. He's discussing things at a level that is not 12 years old. He is somebody special. Whose kid is this? And his parents find him because he's missing. I mean, he could go in and have taught those guys years before he was 30 years old. He could have taught them the right way to live. Let Jesus spend the next 18 years of his life working with these, uh, these leaders, and by the time he was 30, he had had the Jews all straightened out. I mean, you can reason out. I mean, truly, I mean, he could have at 12 years old fixed that problem in the natural. His parents came and said, where have you been? I've been about my father's business. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And they said, come home with us. Oh, that's unfair. (laughs) You don't trust me. Trying to think of a Jewish name that doesn't have somebody's name in here. Uh, Saul's parent let him do it last week. No, it says that he submitted himself to them and went home. Didn't say he argued, didn't say he threw a fit, didn't say, rolled his eyes. Do you know, teenagers, that a sigh can be sin? (sighs) Wives. Come on, guys, pray for me here. Pray for me. Stick with me here, guys. We're all in this together. That's exactly I was going. Oh, you're so stupid. Now they they don't say it. They don't say it, but that's what that means. Not that I ever get that. I don't get the I get the Yeah, that one right there. She didn't. She didn't. 
He didn't preach against their kingdom. He introduced a new kingdom. Kingdom. That would would abound despite theirs. The kingdom of God exists, thrives, is propelled forward despite the sin in the world. Why? Because love never fails. And what is love? You've been reading 1 Corinthians or should have been reading it every day this last week. 1 Corinthians. What is love? Love means you're not rude. Love means that you think of others before yourself. Love means all those things in 1 Corinthians 13 and all the way through the New Testament and the Old Testament. All the places where it talks about dealing with things differently is the weapon of our warfare. Someone offends you. Someone attacks you. And you forgive them anyway. Again and again and again. That is a weapon of our warfare. We can know about all the weapons, but if we don't do them, we fail. That is the point that I need to get to this morning. Is that you can know that the weapons are there, you can know what they are, but if you won't do them, if you won't submit yourself, if you won't humble yourself and actually do that, prefer somebody above yourself, it does you no good. You can say it all you want. You can put it on a bumper sticker on your car all you want. You can have it on a t-shirt all you want. But if you don't act it out, it doesn't do you any good. And you will fail. As a, as a married couple, we can, we can be going along and everything's going great, but all, there will always be something where one or both of you have to humble yourself and, and, and prefer the other above yourself. And if you don't do it, there's more separation. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. I'm, I switched over into King James. That's what happens when, when you grow up your whole life uh, up until 18 reading King James is you know you'll be talking about something and all of a sudden you get into the these and thous because you just switch over into it because that's that's how I read it and heard it for 18 years those weapons are mighty to pulling down strongholds and what are the strongholds the strongholds are I'm right God can't fix this I have to fix it God God can't help me grow up in this household because my parents don't understand me and I have to do something to, to, to make this to, so that I can live here and, and, and I want to be in control. You, you, I, I, don't, I can't agree with that boss that I work for so I'm going to do it my way even though he has said don't do it that way. No, I'm right. You might be right. But because of how you're reacting to it, you're wrong. And you're wrong. You're really truly wrong. Just as wrong as the abortionist. Because it's rebellion. Woman, I told you so many times, I'm not going to do it that way, I'm going to do it this way, because that's the way it's right. That is right. You actually may be right. 
probably are right. <laughs> but it doesn't matter if you're treating her in that way, that's sin. Wife, all right, fine, I will do that. But I'll let you know I will never forget. I saw a great thing. I'm so sorry, but I have to close this with this. I saw a great thing on, on a, somebody made a thing. It shows, did you, you know that the first female ref was hired to the NFL this year? Did you see that? She, the first female ref is working games. She threw a flag last week for something that happened three years ago. <laughs> Let's all stand. This week, this week, I want you to switch back to Luke chapter 5. We've been reading 1 Corinthians 13 the last two weeks every day. And if, for those of you who are new, what we're doing is just giving some homework. The homework this week is every day read Luke chapter 5. Just read it through. Pray about it. Ask God what it's saying to you. What, what He wants, how He wants you to apply it to your life. Praying that He shows you how to live this out, how to live like a child of God. And humility, love, forgiveness, respect, honor, all those things, are. that's how we live as a child of God. That's our root. That's the base. We can't even get to healing the sick and raising the dead if we're not treating each other like, like God wants us to treat each other with love. So this week, Back to Luke chapter 5. Read that as, as often as you can through this week. I want to thank Pastor Greg for having it posted all over the place. Every time I turn around, I run into the verse of the, the chapter of the week. But this week, I, uh, I encourage you to read through chapter 5. I want you to grab all of your stuff right now, because after I get done praying, there will be a noise. And I saw the ushers open the back doors. Don't go out the back doors. Everybody knows which way to go. You remember the, you remember the sheet of paper. You can meet your kids over on the other side. You can go out, go right over, meet your kids. You can come back in for coffee and cookies. I just realized it's the one thing we didn't think through. Everybody's going to be outside and the coffee and cookies are going to be inside. And the doors will be locked. Oh, no. Somebody remember your key to get us back in for the coffee and cookies. You can come back in afterwards, grab the coffee and cookies. Actually, you can leave your stuff and come back later and get it, but let's pray. Father, give us, give us the ability to this week walk this stuff out, to really live it, to live like You've called us to live as a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Thank You for the example of Jesus. Thank You for giving us the ability by the Holy Spirit to actually do this. Show us how to do it better. Give us more opportunities this week to grow. In Jesus' name, amen.